Hi, and welcome to Krakoa. This is Rodders. This is Elmas. This is Fox. And this is Juan. Today we'll be starting our third episode of Doc's Book Chat. We will talk about the new Dawn of X books, Excalibur, X-Force, and X-Men. And then after that, we'll be doing a Happy Valentine's Day special, talking about our one true pairings of the X-Men that we like. And then we will be talking about new previews and news of Dawn of X. First up is Excalibur with Almas. Okay. So what happened in Excalibur this week? Apocalypse is being shady again. Um, it starts off with an interaction between Jamie and Betsy. Um, she asks what Apocalypse is. He sends her to Apocalypse. Apocalypse is like, I want the skulls of werewolves, of the warwolves, which are those weird creatures that can transform into a person and skin them alive. And then after that, um, they find out that the werewolves that are in London, uh, that are in the London Zoo, um, have been sent to um, Cullen Bloodstone, uh, have been bought by Cullen Bloodstone, actually. And then Cullen Bloodstone is like, you can have them, but you have to hunt them. And so his only rule is that you shouldn't use your powers or anything from Krakoa to hunt. So while they're there, Rogue gets attacked by one, and she uses her powers. And this pisses Cullen off, and he turns into a monster and wants to hunt the X-Men instead of the werewolves. Um, I do want to point out that I don't think all people are familiar with Cullen Bloodstone. He's from Avengers Arena. I am very much aware of him because I tortured myself by reading that book. And <laughs> okay, imagine it was basically it was basically Hunger Games meets Avengers or meets like, well, it's, um, like it's off that eight, that Asian movie Battle Royale. Yeah, it, yeah. It was such it's, a good story, though, but it's so heartbreaking. It it breaks my heart every um, every time I read it. So there's um, before we start talking about it, um, <laughs> a few people have been talking about how Cullen seems out of character in this because he's aged a lot since Avengers Arena, since he's like about a teenager and he looks more like an adult in this. So one of the theories is that like otherworld magic is affecting him, and that's why he's acting so weird. Um, well, he always kind of had a piece of a monster attached to him. Yeah, That I he know. could turn into. So that's one theory that, like, maybe it's just, like, the monster is having more influence on him. Yeah. For some reason. He that's, does that's... actually take off his ring between panels. So, like, it was a conscious decision. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, he's always, like, had a little bit of an anger issue and all that, like Fox has been saying. So, I mean, I wasn't really surprised when he was like, ugh, I'm angry at you because you're beating me at this game, and I'm going to, like, hunt you now because this is boring me. Like, he kind of did that in the arena, too. He he turned on people real quick if he got even a a little bit irritated. I just, um, I liked, I'm just happy to see the character again since I was huge in Avengers Arena. I actually read it this morning to like prepare because I was like I I I feel like I need to contribute more to this like discussion that like Apocalypse Apocalypse looked really good this issue I like that but still is it like OSHA procedure like sanitations but like it's a good outfit um, I actually thought it was like a fun not a filler chapter but it was a fun chapter because I think this is gonna lead us to the arc where Krakoa goes to war with Britain 
Right. I think we're going to have more of like a nobility split rather than anything else. Right, because um, um, Colin did pose the question if, you know, England was supposed to go to war with Krakoa, who would she side with? Which I think that was like the big like tease for what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. A, definitely a big tease. Teeny Howard was like, huh, this is coming. Prepare yourself. She's going to have to choose. <laughs> and I'm just, I feel so bad for Betsy because I feel like she's always choosing some one side or the other. She can't ever just be with one group and just be happy. That's definitely a problem. <laughs> Always a woman torn. Yeah. Whether we see personalities, men, country, family. And speak, I mean, speaking of that, I feel like they're kind of tugging on the heartstrings of like Rogue and Gambit because they've kind of switched roles, you know? Because Rogue has always kind of been the one in the X-Men, like, oh, I don't really want to fight. I guess I'll go fight, go do this. And Gambit was always like, I want to go. Let's go have an adventure. But now it's kind of switched. Rogue is like, yeah, I want to go kick some some butt and go punch things. And Gambit's like, I just want to go back to paradise and be in the hot tub with you again. Like, <laughs> he doesn't want to do any of this. And everyone keeps, and he doesn't obviously doesn't want to work with Apocalypse again. And he's just, he's holding it in his, like, you can tell he's at the tipping point and he's just going to explode one day. Yeah. A lot of people have pointed out that he's complaining a lot, but also, like, I kind of would complain a lot, too, if I had to work for, basically work for the guy who turned me into a a slave. Like, right. Because, I mean, he turned Gambit into death, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, yeah, okay. so, like, I get it. Oh, yeah, Speaking of it. turning people into slaves, have we heard the theory that they're get, like Apocalypse wants the werewolves because they're from other worlds? Not from other worlds, they're from Mojo World. So that he can open the portal to Mojo World, and that might lead us to a Rick Star reunion. Ooh, that's a good theory. Please, um, I'm not gonna take credit for it. I saw it on Twitter, and it was really fun. Um, they went into a really <laughs> in-depth um, explanation about it, and it was really interesting because it's like that's an interesting way. Like, what will Apocalypse stop trying? Like, how many dimensions will he try to dominate and be like, this is for mutant kind? Like, this is like a manifest destiny type of thing. One know? of those for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, after Mojo World, like, what other places could he take over? Like, I mean, obviously, we're going to try Limbo eventually. Oh, of, God, you know, yes. the, We're going to try Limbo. We're going to try, like, like what, what other alternate worlds is he going to well, try to do? Well, planets. I think it's going to start going into planets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I still have a theory that, like, New Mutants, like, Xavier sent New... Sent basically manipulated Bobby into, like, he probably put the idea to go get Cannonball into Bobby's head. Right. Not, like, yeah, I think not so. like even, not even, like, mentally using his powers, just by, like, talking to him, being like, hey, right. you know, and he's, like, and Don't so, like, to try to, yeah, to try <laughs> to get him, and we're going to end up seeing Bobby taking over the Shi'ar Empire, because we don't remember, there was the spoiler, there was, like, the, um, what's to come. Yeah, the variant for, issue. Yeah, for, yeah. Uh, for Powers of X6, where it was Bobby sitting on the throne and all the Shi'ar, you know, empire bowing to him. So, like, I think that's still coming. So it's like, mutants are conquering places, and I'm like, I just want you guys to just chillax for five seconds so I don't have to see you as bad guys. Right? Yeah, um, I'm definitely, like, interested. I really do hope the Mojo World theory is true. 
I want to see Apocalypse versus Mojo. I want to. I want to see that. How will <laughs> that's that go gonna down? be really. I mean, that's gonna be really funny <laughs> panels because them two interacting would be. The last time uh, we. They have like these two. The very... last time we saw Mojo. Mojo, we saw him in X Men Black. He was hanging up his glove. Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to get a girlfriend. That's why he was actually the last human. time we saw Mojo. Oh, Shatterstar time... story. Yeah, no, the last time we saw Mojo was in the incoming one shot where uh, Sinister went to Mojo World and was choking out um, what's it called, uh, Longshot, trying to get Cable for Krakoa. I don't know oh, if you guys remember yeah. where it was teasing like the fact that uh, Sinister wanted. Um, Sinister wanted the DNA of you know Franklin Richards, so like we we've seen so we have, we're there's already some sort of like connection between Mojo World and Krakoa. I don't I don't think it's long it's gonna it, I don't think it'll take long for them to try to go to that yes. and go there and try to do a little more. Bring it. That's what I say. Now, yeah. I mean Marvel is like spearheading X Men into like. Everything now. X Men is in their free comic book day now. X Men is their big project again. So I feel like they're going to touch base in like every corner of the Marvel Universe now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Okay. okay, do you want to do? Oh, yeah, I'll do X Force next if we're going to move on from Excalibur. Is yeah, that I all, Amos? Yeah, I think that's all for Excalibur. It's just like a fun issue, which is a fun because most mostly action scenes, nothing of like substance actually happened. So, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I liked all the characterization of all the, I mean, everybody. I like how everybody got, like, kind of like a spotlight. (laughs) The funniest part for me, just to continue a little bit, was uh, Shogo still wanting to be a dragon. (laughs) That was so adorable. I don't blame him. I mean, I don't blame him at all. If I was a little kid, I wouldn't want to go back to being a little kid either. I don't want to be a big, awesome dragon. Who wouldn't want to as a kid? Yeah, because so yeah, like cool. when you're a little baby, you have to be, yeah, you have to be carried everywhere. Right. You know, everybody's like worrying about you when you're a dragon. A delicate. You, yeah, you get to carry everybody everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but by the way, have we, did uh, any of you guys know that that's how the war, the werewolves transformed? Like they pop I, out of people's mouths that they transformed into? Unfortunately, yeah, because like. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I've never seen that before. I, mean, I was like, "What the hell?" Well, they're yeah, in the OG Excalibur, I think, and like, they're um, my friend calls them Claremont's like um, kink monsters because <laughs> they're like both like a transformation kink and a vorking kink, like the same thing. So um, yeah, yeah, it's very it gross. It said in the book that they killed the girl and took her skin, so it didn't even really transform her. I mean, I guess it did, but it like, did. it took her. It's skin like an invasion of the body snatcher. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Really gross, but kind of cool. <laughs> so, right, speaking we'll... of other really gross things, do we want to talk? Yeah. Do we want to talk about X Factor? Yeah. Speaking of like skin going onto other people, um, we'll, X Force. Yeah, we'll talk about X Force and Domino is investigating with um, Sage about this, a very lucky assassin that is killing all the uh, mutant allies. And one of them, a little mention like in the first page, is a mention of X Corp. So I know it's all been rumored. I think it hasn't been confirmed yet that maybe an X Corp book is coming. This might be the first little confirmed hint of that. So we'll see down the line. This is actually but, the second time. Oh, the second time? Yeah, we talked about yeah, it, it Yeah, New Mutants. It, it was mentioned in New Mutants' first issue. 
Oh, but, that's um, right. Yeah. So, okay, sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, go you're ahead. good. No, you're good. <laughs> it is a second. That's good. So, yeah, we're probably definitely going to get that to a second. But, yeah, she, Domino has had a feeling that, you know, I, I'm missing all this skin. What did they do with it? So she has Sage look up, you know, odd-defying crimes, and they find out that, yeah, a lot of immune allies have been killed, like, very strangely. Like, they, they shouldn't have been... No one has that amount of luck, except, you know, for Domino, or at least she had. So she's trying to look at that because she knows she's lost her luck, and she can't stop having PTSD dreams. So she goes and runs and finds um, Colossus on the beach painting. And I love this because I actually want them to be together. I don't want Colossus to go back to Kitty. I'm glad they went away from that. Um, but they have a little moment about, you know being damaged and he had just a big event that he went to Russia and tried to save some mutants there and we don't really get a big explanation on that but we know that like a lot of bad things happened that he almost got killed there and he obviously in the illustration on the page shows that a few mutant kids had died too so I'm sure Colossus has a big heart so that scarred him and they're both like was this worth it for Krakoa everyone says it's worth it but we don't know if it's actually they, don't, they just want you to forget about it, and they don't know if they can. So, more on that, Domino is tracking down who's actually doing the assassinations, and they're like, well, who are they going to track down next? And Sage figures out that there's a next um, extinction keynote happening, and Domino goes there and like waits for the keynote speaker to be targeted, she sees a keynote speaker being targeted. She pushes out of the way and goes <laughs> very badassly. Gets her little Krakoa arm, gets on a snowboard and chases him down. <laughs> Almost catches him too, no matter how many times the assassin tries to shoot at her. But then loses him in the casino. And then at the last shot, the last little splash page, we get an opposite domino lookalike with a... Um, black eye, or no, like white eye and black all over. Which some of them, so I saw some people online kind of do like an opposite name of her, like call her like Die for like one like one piece of domino. Or like just opposite because, you know, opposite domino. So that was this week's X-Force. Okay, I just want to point something out. Has anyone Googled the Russian word at the end of the note that Hank writes? Oh, I did actually. Um, I have it right here. It is called the chronicle, the chronicle, or like the storyteller. <clears throat> yes. So it's it's. I don't know what that's hinting at. Actually, maybe... uh, I actually looked it up, and it's um. People are assuming that it might be hinting at Omega Red because we know Omega Red is making an appearance in the the first Wolverine, Wolverine issue next week. Mm-hmm. And it has something to do with um, obviously Russia, so we're thinking maybe it's hinting at Omega Red coming. Ooh, bring on the tentacle monster! <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I sorry, almost go. Go, uh, go go. Sorry, I thought the I thought I thought Domino's voice in this was amazing. I mean, I know X Force is like my favorite, and I just love the writing and like. I thought the fact that this was, like, the first time we've seen so many women on screen and then dominating, that was really nice to see. That was very refreshing. <laughs> you know? Oh, I yeah, really this... liked it. I really liked it. It felt like a, 
it felt like a spy movie. Like it, it was like X Force. You know, never really felt like a spy movie. It felt like just like a black ops like action. This felt like a. It felt like a, like a spy movie. Like one person doing like going doing world hopping, being you know stealthy and everything. And I really liked liked it. It it felt great. It um, it felt you know, it felt very Domino. Like I, like my my biggest love you know Domino was the Domino series by Gail Simone, which yeah, was, was fantastic. Amazing. That was a fantastic <clears throat> series. Which I'm kind of wish I wish they would like reference that like a little more. Like um, like like the fact that you know like Domino's rich. Like Domino right. should have been a. Domino should have been a part of the Hellfire Club if we're like the Hellfire Corporation. Yeah, totally. personally, personally, I feel she sh- like she should replace Sebastian Shaw. Just my who, just my opinion. Who wouldn't like, want someone should... with the power of luck on their side? Well, we, we well, don't know if she's going to get that back. I know, <laughs> like, like, technically, she doesn't have that right now. But. Right, but at <laughs> the time, at the time, yeah. Okay, like, I just want to say, like, I think it's interesting that Percy took this like different approach for a villain because usually when we get like the mutant oppressors are just like usually violent but these are like smart intelligent actually like efficient villains you know right these are fun exciting villains they're new and they're not very like cliche because they hate mutants but they're efficient about it they're like we're gonna like not attack them only physically we're gonna drain their finances you know we're not gonna attack the mutants directly we're gonna kill the support well, i think it's, they're finally really getting interesting way yeah, I think they're finally getting, well, some of the humans are finally getting smarter in that aspect. Because they're like, we keep making these robots. We keep making all this technology. And it's not working. They're not staying dead. So it's like, well, what can we do? We have to hit them where it hurts. And that's, you know, systematically. We have to stop all their support. We have to stop all of this just to kill them from the inside out. And I think that's, I, I mean, that's basically what X-Force is all about. It's the, it's the FBI, give or take, of the X-Men, of... Krakoa. So that's what they gotta try to stop. One thing I've noticed that um a friend of mine already we're pretty familiar with Jared um yeah. mentioned that like the current X Men is making a lot of like new interesting villains and I kind of gotta agree because like we got the we got you know the we got the crazy golden girl eco terrorist culture <laughs> yeah They're horror my culture. I love me some eco I love some eco terrorists yeah yeah I like you know we got the we got the weird plant you know plant people from um what's it called X Force we got you know yeah yeah we got you know we got Verende who they're not technically old but like they're not technically new but like they're operating in a different factor than they used to yeah we got you know we you know Excalibur. We have that weird, you know, cult. Oh we got, yeah. Um, we got well, we have all kinds. I think they're trying to bring back like some of Apocalypse's old lore in Excalibur, mm-hmm. because he he killed um, the Copen because he was like, yeah, these people suck. They're gonna try to use this for their own good. So I'm just gonna like kill them all. So I think this is gonna be interesting. Like Apocalypse finally has to like own up to his mistakes. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like all of the villains are way more interesting this this wave rather than like the last couple of waves. Because the last couple no. of waves have just been like government agents, you know? I mean you're very true on that. This 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 whole Dawn of X power dynamic of new um systematically enhanced villains has been very eye opening for how I want a lot of books to be. Like it's not just 
shoot, punch, shoot, punch. It's like you actually have to think about it. Like, are you really against these villains? Because they're not really doing anything that maybe you wouldn't do too if like a whole nation was kind of like coming for you, you know? Yeah. Okay. And does anybody else have anything to say about X- oh, um, X-Force? I do want to say something else. Um, in the papers, um, there's this cute interaction between Hank and Forge and they're like, he tried to, he, I wanted to shake his hand and he tried to give me a bro hug and I didn't want to give him a bro hug. And it's like, Hank, <laughs> you pretentious asshole. And also, they're planning to put bugs in the White House and around awesome. governments. Oh, I can't that's wait really for that. Interesting. So <laughs> I can't wait like, to see how that plays out and how that like, bites Hank. Grass that talks? Yeah. Grass that yeah. talks and it like, talks back to you. Yeah. So. That's um, so crazy. There's one other thing I want to mention that I, they've been hinting at in a lot of the books about how, you know, being re- resurrected is like affecting a lot of mutants, just making them disharmony. And Domino, I always wondered, I was like, why isn't she better? You know, why doesn't she just like, they like kind of put her to sleep, resurrect her, and, you know, she has her luck back, she has her power back. And I like this whole intent that she has, like, I'm glad for my scars. Because she's like, everyone else is pretending that you know they're okay they're happy they're great and they're just living in the moment which is good too but she's like my scars make me who i am that's how i remember how far i've come and what i need to do and i like that because i feel like that's gonna come back to bite a lot of the other mutants or x-men in the butt they're gonna forget their past and they're gonna make the same mistakes and speaking of mistakes that leads us to x-men number six um, this issue, I think, is the penultimate Hickman issue of Dawn of X. It takes us back to the past, the present, and the future, story-wise. It starts off with Destiny and Mystique uh, talking about Destiny wanting to tell Mystique what's about to happen, and she needs her to like listen and be aware of what's about to go down in her life and with her and then we cut away to orcus now after the attack that we saw in the x-men oh what was it yeah x-men number one of um them attacking orcus this is them recovering from it and now we see that they have a sentinel city they have a watchtower on venus they have a defense platform on mercury their weapon systems online, and now the forge is lit. Even without mother mold, they're ready to start building more sentinels. So they're doing all this in space while we think that the mutants already had damaged them. They're like, oh, you just damaged us a little bit. We have all this other stuff going on that you guys don't even know about. So then we find out that um, later... Dr. Gregor is building Nimrod. We see that happening, but we don't know who this character that's going from scene to scene is. So we kind of like have a clue of like, oh, why are we watching this? Why are we seeing all this stuff happening in Orcus? So later on, we go and see the plan that um, Professor X and Mystique are talking about how they plan to infiltrate Orcus, that they're going to take down the Mother Mold, and it needs Mystique to go and plant a seed for the Winter Harvest. 
and their natural habitat and the orcas facility. So that goes back to the House of X number four, where we see them going into the actual uh, facility. And that's why we see that Mystique got turned around, even though she's like the perfect espionage person that shouldn't know her way around anywhere. So that takes their story there. And then we find out about the secret plan that she um, needs to know. Find out the secret plan that she comes back and they need to know if Mystique succeeded in her mission. So they're like, we need one more thing from you. You need to go through the gateway. And if you go to the gateway, we need to know what you see. So Mystique's like, all right, I'm doing all these things, but you guys need to do something for me. You know what I want. I want Irene. Bring me back, Irene. They're like, well, we'll talk about it. It's always one of those, like when you talk to a kid and you go, later, we'll go later. So Mystique goes, she f- discovers that they're actually building Nimrod, that Dr. Gregor's building Nimrod, that it wasn't Mother Mold that they needed to worry about. It's Nimrod that they needed to worry about. But she's like, if I'm going to go back and do any of this stuff, I need Destiny back. I need my wife. Like, this whole issue has been about Mystique's relationship with Destiny. But it's also the whole thing about Powers of X, number two, where Moira doesn't want Destiny there. Because Destiny already knows that all of these plans lead to failure. That they always end up losing. And they don't want that precog there. Because... If you tell someone, here's this perfect reality that I'm about to hand you, but you're going to end up losing it anyway, time and time again, is it worth fighting for? So that's the dilemma that there are in this story right now in X-Men number six of like, well, we have this character, this person that just wants to be with the love of their life, Destiny, and we're denying her that, but we're denying it for a good cause. But is it justifiable? And how long can they do that until Mystique finds out a way to bring back Destiny? And if they don't bring back Destiny, how are they going to control Mystique? You can't control her. She's full of them time and time again. So that's basically where we're at with this story. This was, okay, this was the story of the week. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I just, it's a really good story, but there's something that kept bothering me while I was, like, reading it. It was like, Xavier knows Mystique will do this. Like, Xavier knows what will happen if um, Mystique doesn't get her wife back. So there's something probably going on more on Moira's side that's convincing him that, like, even though Mystique is going to burn Krakoa to the ground, don't bring Irene back. You know? Because, like, he's making backups of her mind, so he knows what's going on. Also, that brings right. up, like, a very interesting, like, uh, invasion of privacy question with the whole Cerebro thing. But, um... Yeah, like, that's actually that's actually one thing I didn't think of. Like, it is Xavier going into these memories of people and finding out what they've been thinking. Because, like, if he backs up Mystique's mind, he's gonna know her plan. Like, he's gonna know what she's doing. And, right. And that's, oof, that's... That's a big oof. I don't even... Yikes. Well, okay. Well, the thing about that is th- there's a theory about that. Because Mystique has always been difficult for psychics to break through her mind because she always has so many different 
um, form formulations of her mind because she can transform into so many things. So the thing is, if you down if you the download of her mind, can he actually read it still? Can he actually go through it without it without with it being so jumbled up? Like, will he actually be able to find what he's looking for, even if he goes searching? Like, that's the thing. Maybe he still can't figure out what she's actually thinking, even with the download. Because, like, in the book, like, in the recent X-Men 6 book, he says, like, he know he tries to read her mind. You can tell he's, like, touching his head, but he can't really get in there. He wants her to say what she means because he can't read her mind what she means. He can kind of get a hint of it, but that's why he's like, Mystique, just spit it out. Just tell us what you want because he can't really read her mind. So I don't think he knows what she is going to do or what she, maybe he knows what she's capable of. But I don't think he knows what she's going to do because he can't really read her mind. Her mind is too thick, too too many minds are in there. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. Like, it, I think both like both pathways are interesting because if you have like Charles can't read her memories and like he's just like blindly thinking Mystique is going to stay put. That's an interesting that he's underestimating Mystique despite being his adversary for like 20 years versus the fact that Charles knows exactly what's going on and he's still like, no, Moira's right here. Not the person who can see the future. Moira is right. You yeah. know? Well, I don't think he, I don't think he's underestimating her, but I don't think he's, he, like he said, he, all this is bigger than him and her. So I don't think he is really considering her as a, as a major threat. He knows that she can be threatening. And he knows that um, that she can mess up a lot of things. But I think in his mind, Krokoa and the idea of a perfect mutantum is so larger than everybody else that he's like, well, whatever she tries to do, she's going to get stopped. Like, we can stop her no matter what, in his mind. I think his his ego, probably for this whole plan of his in Magneto's, is probably overshadowing his thought process on like, hey, you know, Mystique has taken down major corporations and major societies just to get what she wants. You don't think she's going to take down Krakoa just to get to get her like love of her life back? But I don't think he because he's just like she said that she hates him. Right. And he's like, yeah. I'm getting numb to that because this is bigger than me. So and this is bigger than you. So hate and fear. I don't even register that anymore. So I think that's why he's not really considering her burning down Krakoa or even being able to do that because he's like, well, this is bigger than you, so you're not going to be able to take this down. I um, I was trying to think about, like, who would, who would, like, if, I, if this turned into a civil war, like, I mean, because I know there's going to be, if, if people found out that, you know, that Xavier was doing this, they would have a problem with it. Like, I know Rogue. Rogue sees Destiny and, and as Destiny is one of her moms. Right. She even, because I even remember in the in the wedding issue of um, X-Men Gold, she's like, oh, my, you know, I was raised by my two moms. And so, like, she's, he's Destiny's mom, same as Pyro. Pyro sees her as a mom. Um, right. Uh, and so, like, they're going to, like you know, you never know. They might be able to get even. They might even be able to get Nightcrawler on you know their side over this, right? Because like it's 
And so, like, this could create a schism. But And I hate to use that word because we already <laughs> dealt with that event. Schism but, too. Um, schism <laughs> 2. Oh, God, oh Jesus schism Christ. Oh, man. Schism 2, Electric Bugalo. Um, <laughs> but, no. Uh, yeah, that's... Oh, God. I don't... Like, I want to love... Like, last week, I was sticking up for Kokoa for, you know, you know during Fantastic Four X-Men. Yeah. But now I'm just like, you know what? Let it burn. Like, I don't... Because right. uh, it's so... It's so gross. It's so... Like, well, just... There's... All you gotta think... do is ask... Is ask Destin, like, hey, just don't tell everybody this stuff. Like, right. Like, right. they've always been secretive people that used to be on the freaking Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. It's not like they're gonna be going outwards, you know, trying to just be like, hey... Come back. You guys can live wherever you want. Go wherever you want. Just don't tell people these things. Right. I don't, and I don't see her not doing that because it's like. Well, the thing, X Men has such a weird relationship with precogs. <laughs> Speaking of precogs, um, okay. um, they have such a weird relationship with precogs and X Men. Just look at you know how Blindfold ended up. Even Blindfold's story, they never like they treated her as a creepy character. You know, she's a creepy character. Destiny is, they treat her like a creepy character, but they give her some heart and some depth, you know? And come on, Powers of X number two, that's where you see Moira and Destiny square off. And she's like, listen, little girl, if you come against us, I'm going to burn you. Like, I will literally burn you. I'll come for you when you're a baby, when you're not able to come back to life before you know anything. And I'll, I'll take you down. And I feel like that's where, like, the schism started early on okay. for uh, Moira with her. There's this really, I know I keep coming back to this, but there's this really interesting, I know it's been retconned because of the House of X and Powers of X, but where um, basically Destiny and Moira merge into one person into the, in the afterlife. And like, they talk about how like Destiny could always see the future, but she could never understand it. Mm-hmm. And like, that happened? That happened in Chaos War too. Chaos War. Um, Chaos War. I think it's Chaos War. I could be wrong. I remember I I got really excited about this because I was like, oh, I just read this. <laughs> like the, the like the event where you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I have this correct. You mean like the, the the event where like Mikaboshi, the Japanese Death God, like yeah, that one. I think it's that one. Oh, I for, I completely forgot about that. If that happened, if that happened. Uh, Hickman's definitely gonna mention that. Like Hickman, Hickman pulls out random references to like random places. Oh, yeah. like, I mean, he referenced X Men Black, you know, by Leo Williams. Like he's not above referencing like other people's work. And I mean, he used you know Children well, of the Vault for Mike Carey. It's it's a Claremont story too, so it's like it's a big name story, um, but like. So the Destiny and Moira, not Destiny, actually Destiny and Moira, that's correct. Becoming one person is really interesting because she says the line that, like, I could see the future, but I could never understand it. And she only says that after she merges with Moira. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting line. I don't know how that's going to come into play, but I hope it does because that's exciting. You know, That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be... That, thank you for bringing that up. That's some. That's something I'm gonna have to go look at. Yeah, and I can make a deep dive. <laughs> yeah, because I remember Chaos War. Chaos War was one of my was one of my favorite events because it was it was a Greg Pak event. I love Greg Pak as writer, 
Um, it was Hercules, all the gods. Cause I, I'm a big, I'm a big mythological fan. No way, it is. Oh my god, I never read it, so now I want to read it. <laughs> it's really, it's really good. I, I highly suggest it. There's even, there's even X Men tie-in where we get to see the, uh, the cuckoos yeah, that had so died. This happened in the X Men tie-in. I didn't. Oh, maybe it was one of the issues I didn't read, but like, yeah, because like, um. What's his name? Thunderbird shows up. Uh, really? Thunderbird gets revived. Um, yeah. It's, okay, I'm gonna have to go back and read that. Thank you for bringing that up, almost, because I'm gonna read that. <laughs> I but, remember um, when like Powers of X came to uh, Powers of X came out, and I was like, "Holy shit! I know this reference. I know exactly what this is going back to." And I like posted it, and everyone was like, "You're crazy." That's. Um, I mean, that's cool because if if it happened, Hickman is going to reference it. Hickman. Hickman knows his material, so I don't. I don't think he's just not going to reference it. I think he will. You know, it would be interesting in chaos causing, and it's not going to happen. But like, I hope it does. Um, Mystique resurrecting Destiny into Moira's body, into like a clone of Moira's body. Oh yeah, because they don't have her body. That's true. That would be interesting. So, like, it would be a nice little twist. That would be interesting, and then you'd have, like, two Moiras running around. Well, one of them would be Destiny Moira. But I feel like that would be, like, an interesting thing, because, like, they both have beef with each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they definitely do. <laughs> I I just, I want them to bring back Blindfold as someone who, I, no. I love, I love Blindfold, because I, um, I don't know if any of you guys ever read the Simon Spurrier X-Men Legacy run, yes. where it was, where it was Legion and Legion and Blindfold doing stuff and then like and then you know he he created his whole like british x-men team that he had and but like i loved their romance i loved blindfold and legion i thought they were they were two just kind of people with powers who just kind of couldn't not to control them but like their powers made them unstable and i kind and like i really kind of um i really see myself a lot in blindfold because like blindfold's very aloof and i kind of while she can see the you know see a lot of stuff she kind of doesn't pay attention to a lot of things outside of her because her brain her mind is so wrapped up in her powers and yeah i see myself because like i have um i have some i have some mental issues where like my brain my my thoughts kind of like go at like really fast paces where i'm and then by like the time I'm done, like, by the time I'm like, oh, I gotta remember something, I can't remember what I was doing, because, like, oh, where did my thought process, <laughs> this is where my thought process lined up, and so, I missed the character, and when she killed herself in Uncanny X-Men, that really messed me up, because, like, oh, there's this character that I see myself a lot in, and she killed herself, this yeah. was not a great, this was not a great issue for me to read, I, right. I, I was reading I remember, it my I remember reading that issue and I was like shopping and everyone was like, hey, you might not want to read this issue because it has like heavy suicide. And I was like, what do you guys mean? And it was just like an awful issue to read. Yeah, I well, only I read that issue one time and I did not read it again. I was like, I don't need to look at this again. I got it the first time. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I, I cried. Like I cried during my, I was reading it on my lunch break at work and I, I, I did cry and I was like, like, I was like, Damn it! No, because right. it's really hard when you see a character that you outwardly identify with because of their, you know, 
mental disorder mm-hmm. and to, to, they killed themselves because they felt so much despair in it. Right. Well, like, that's the, the, the oh. downfall of the precog. The precog is like, what do you do when you can see everyone else's outcome but your own? And like mm-hmm. uh, that has to take a toll on you mentally. Yeah. And then not being able to connect with anyone because they're so afraid of what you might tell them. Yeah. About their own destiny. And then ruin their destiny. Yeah. Like at the school, she was always the outcast because of that. And that's but, why I loved her in Legion. Because like they they were together and they, they understood each other. Like he he understood because he's broken and she's right. broken. But like their brokenness doesn't hurt each other. They are able to help each other. And I'm just like, oh I don't <laughs> I don't I I'm, I'm, I'm very connected. I'm very I can, that's why I can't wait for Legion to come back. Because like Speak, speaking ahead. of that, I was gonna say, where is Legion? Like, because I've been saying this actually to Juan, like he knows, um, since like the beginning, because we had this whole event with Uncanny X-Men, with Legion, you know, fighting um X-Men and all of that happening. And then Legion is just gone now. I'm like they are did Xavier like put him in like maybe like a psychic bubble and like contain him because he's a loose cannon he could like disrupt so many things I mean he's done so many things and but I love the character Legion like I really hope they bring him back because I liked his um I don't know if any of you read his um five issue mini series that was recently about him talking to that psychiatrist and all that but I did I, not but I I plan on it. I 100% plan on reading that series. Also, because, like, at the end of Age of X-Men, we had Legion, we had the Legion um, X-Men, like, person, like, because X-Men was in Legion's body, I believe, or something, or I think that's how it was, and it was him and Magneto in, like, that weird, like, like fragment of the Age of X-Men world. Just, yeah, like, like in the there. mindscape. Yeah, and so, like, and also it mentioned in one of the Hoxpox, like, data pages that Xavier and Moira went about trying to have these powerful kids purposefully. Right. And so, like, we we know where Proteus is. Proteus is in Krakoa. He's part of the five. Where's Legion? Because Legion could potentially, if he if they figured out how to combine his powers, he could potentially, like, replace the five if ever need be. Right. Yeah, good. And so, like, if he <laughs> figured out how to, like, he's he figured out how to stack his powers. Yeah. It's so a wild like, card. That's why they can't have wild cards around. Yeah. And so, like, and he, and he, of course, has pre, he has precog abilities. Like, he, right. he can see the future. So, I have to wonder where he is because, like, Legion, there, there's gonna be an issue. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, X Men, I feel like he, there's one off issues in X Men where they discuss big topics. There's right. going to be a Legion. There's gonna be a Legion oh, yeah. issue. You, you can't. He's probably gonna get a giant size. Yes. Yeah. That would actually I, be really interesting. I do want to talk, like, there's one pre-cause we haven't talked about, and because, like, she, like, never mentioned outside of, like, Remainder's Uncanny Avengers run. But Emin Worthington is a precog, and she predicted a future where they kill all humans, and they can live in peace. And the thing <laughs> is that she it? can... Emin. Emin Worthington. Apocalypse Twins. Oh, oh right, the Apocalypse yeah. Twins. So, like, uh, and the apocalypse twins are both like they're mutants, but their their thing is that their their mutant abilities are like intertwined with time because they're like 
uh, they were raised by Kong or something. Yeah, so it's Kang. like, yeah, this, sorry, Kang. And it's like, it would be interesting to bring them back because they are mutants and they're a versatile like storytelling tool, you know? Because one of them is a precog, but the other just has an ability to accelerate time. So mm-hmm. I feel like they could be coming back into play if we're going to like do the precog game. You right. know, like, that, just bring back all the free cogs. <laughs> that would actually be really interesting. I didn't, I completely forgot about the Apocalypse Twins. Thank you, Almas. Like, that's a whole other thing. Like, ah. Speaking of another mutant that we forgot about, where's Young Apocalypse? Like, wasn't Evan? He, yeah, Evan. Genesis? Where'd he go? Yeah, Genesis, um, he's yeah. just chilling. He's just chilling. Have we, have we seen him? He's, he's vibing. He's room in, in Apocalypse's room. <laughs> have we seen him in the background of anything? No. Yeah, so he's like, like, where is that at? Well, okay. here's the thing. He's he's been confirmed to be in House of X, and he's been confirmed in like House of X in the background. Yeah, really. So he's okay. Like, he's like there. You have to just like play well, search with he's, him. He's happy. But yeah, but wouldn't Apocalypse want to like like have him as like a, like a protege or something no. in Excalibur? No. Like, wouldn't he want to? Um, he's finally has his daddy being a good guy. He never wanted to be a bad guy. Evan want, doesn't want to become Apocalypse, so he finally sees his dad being good. He's like well, living the life, probably. I know I like I talk about this a lot, but like Apocalypse doesn't really care about Evan. Apocalypse no, sees at Evan all. as like yeah, a, as like a vassal at best, but like because right? he really just prefers like Warren and Gambit. You know, yeah. like he he has affectionately like called Warren his son multiple times. So it's like That's we can true. see the favoritism. Now um, Richter too. Now, yeah. So it's a side piece, right? <laughs> side piece. Uh, well, I that... okay. So... I was gonna say, speaking of side pieces, let's go. Yeah. Let's move on to the Happy Valentine's Day special, the one true pairings. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Amos, want to do you want to start us off? I, I guess I'll go first. Um, yeah, I think you should start us oh off. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. So I thought about this really hard, and I was like, okay, I can go by my archive of our own, or I can go by what I think in my heart. And so I decided to go by my archive of, of, of our own. Um, and, like, it's probably Bobby and Warren. And um, because they're very <laughs> enemies... Enemies to friends to lovers, but in, like, the stupidest way possible. Because they start off as enemies because, like, they're both teenage boys who are forced on a team together. And they just fucking hate each other, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, like, their entire dynamic for, like, ten years. And then they just like each other. And then, like, they kind of allow them to, like, this friends, but kind of a more romantic mutual understanding. And that's kind of what I like about them. Um, but yeah. if I have to go by my heart, it's um, Moira and Apocalypse, and I will have, and I will take no questions <laughs> on that. I love that. I did not That's expect a good that. One. That is a good. One. I did not expect that at all, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so who wants to go next? Okay, well, I guess. Okay, yes, yeah, Fox go next. <laughs> I think. I think being bringing it back, I'd have to say, I'd have to say, blindfold and Legion. Like I'm. <laughs> I, I liked them. I think they had a great ending. I loved that like like even though nobody else could remember Legion at the end of his at the end of his Simon Spurrier series, she she had him in his in her head. Like that's where like it was kind of I like stories that like are about stories. Like it's the only thing about like Simon Spurrier and Kieran Gillen, all of their stories are about stories. Like it's about how like how stories 
you live on in story. It's like you you may die, but you still live on in the memories of, you know, people who remember you. And like, you know, because every every story, every good story has to end eventually. Everything, yeah. everything good comes to an end. But like, I mean, that doesn't mean it's gone. It's still there. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy have, in the moment. Yeah, and so I think that's probably why I liked, I liked their relationship so much, and that's, and that's probably why I like I'm I want them I want them back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want like I want them. them to, I want them. Yeah, I want them to have their happy ending. Like I want because like she died. Uh, she died because she didn't see a good future for anything. She died because right. her power her she couldn't see like she couldn't see there's any good like any good way to go forward, and she killed herself. And right. I'm like, and I, I wish she and I mean I wish she could come bring her back to Crow and be like, look, this is the good future. And look, here's Legion. You guys can be together again. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, they're my one true pairing. That's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to go off on tangent about them again. But yeah. Oh, no, you're good. Who's, nec- who's next? Who's next? I'll, I'll, go, <laughs> I'll go next. And mine is, uh, unfortunately, it's a more of a main. Y'all both did like off, off the wall, off color ones. And I love that. <laughs> mine I feel bad because mine is more of a mainstream one, but I I love them so much. It's um Rogan Gambit. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, they're the sexy couple. Come and on. I know, yeah. I know, they're like uh, like that's the one everyone probably loves or whatever. Other than like Gina Scott or Emma Ooh. Scott, I don't like them together, so that's not my one true pairing. <laughs> but my one true pairing is um, Rogan Gambit because I just love them so much, and I mean I don't like. The Gambit on his own, I don't really super duper love. But when he's like in a scene or a book or in general with Rogue, I feel like they really complement each other. And I feel like they would go on ends of the earth for one another. Like like in the book that Kelly Thompson wrote, or Mr. and Mrs. X and the other one, what was the other one called? Mr. Mrs. X. There was another one before that. Yeah, those two mysteries. Okay, um, but both of them, both both yeah, wrote. yeah, both of the books were so they. She explained their relationship so well. She talked about their past and what they would want in the future and how far they would go for each other. And I like that. I like the I like their relationship because in a lot of comic books you don't get in down in a nudie gritty of a relationship. You don't get like how. Both have screwed up. Both are kind of damaged. Both um, have done bad things, but they still love each other. And that's what we see with Gambit and Rogue. You're like, hey, you know, you did kind of crappy things to me. I did crappy things to you. But, you know, I would fight for you until the end of the earth. And I love you. I don't, it doesn't even matter if I can't even touch you sometimes. Like, she can control it now, but before. Like, doesn't matter if we can't be as intimate as everyone else. I love you and I want to be with you. And I think that's this ultimate love right there. Seeing someone's faults and just knowing that you truly love them. Okay. What does that say about me? Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, My pairing um, I have to I have to say thank you, Leah Williams, for creating this pairing that I never thought would work. And that touched my heart so much, which was Betsy and Blob. 
Fred and Betsy, I never, ever in a million years would think that's a couple I want to see until the age of X-Men story. And, oh, my God, just hearing Blob pour his heart out to Betsy about knowing that he shouldn't have his feelings, knowing that someone like her would never love someone like him, and that, like, he just has to live with loving her from afar, knowing that she can't love him back. And just having the hope that there's that feeling, oh, that broke my heart. And I was like, I need to see Betsy and Blob together in some form or fashion later down the line. Because that story was just so beautiful. And that relationship that they created in the span of one book, I was like, I need to see a lot more of this now. I'm. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I didn't even think of that. I don't. I don't even see them honestly as a pairing to me. I, I just, I just want them to be happy. Like I, I want because you know how like Age of Apocalypse lived on after it ended, like the series ended, and they went back to the universe. I want there to be like some part of Age of X Men left, you know, where it's just like exactly. It's like it's just Blob and you know Betsy being happy reading books together, right? And I loved that. I loved that so much. I that was such because I'm I'm very much a chubby person and a I I feel I felt it was great seeing because like Blob was always just like oh you see chubby villain he's he weighs a lot right. he's gonna be where he's going to be the fat joke right. he's gonna be everything and Blob was the leader in the book exactly and he he was dignified he he's like you know I love books and painting and. I like, you know, I mean, even in the background of another book, like even I think it was uh, the Marvel at X-Men, he was in the background. He was picking berries. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it was so it was so dignified. He was so he was so him. And he just he had a he had a he was him. Actual and personality. Like, he had an actual character. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's why like, and that's why that's why yeah. I love it. And apparently yeah. if any anybody's happy if anybody wants to know that i'm i believe it was leah williams said benjamin percy is planning something with blob where it's gonna he's gonna have a big part really? and it's going oh. and it's going to and it's going to feed into like other books and that will also she's also planning to use him in some part in x factor oh and so that makes me so happy because like he was he had the be- yeah, of anybody in Age of X Man, he had the best reinvention. Oh, right, did. definitely. Yeah, for a character that never had any personal growth and development, they she Leah took that character and was like, "Boom! I just gave him all his personality. I want you to love this character, a character that I never thought I was going to care for, and now exactly. I care for him." Which is funny because that's exactly what they did with Pyro and the Marauders. Very true. So I'm like, all these Brotherhood characters, I'm like, oh my god, now I love this Brotherhood character so much that I never thought I was going to care for before. I think if we okay. stay on this topic for too long, I'm going to start talking about Apocalypse and we're never going to get done. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's move on to the okay. Okay. okay, that's then this is this is my section of the podcast where i will talk about the news and previews um and so the news we we didn't get like giant news this week we got um we got some cover reveals for like marauders where we saw it's going to be kitty's funeral in um in may we got um we got 
We got X Factor. X Factor is going to have really cool new costumes, and they're yes, the fashion. I think they're ugly. I think I think they're really <laughs> ugly. And, okay, okay. Can, can I just say? Can I just say? A lot of the costumes could be fixed if they weren't monocolored. The fact that they're going with a monocolor scheme, like for all of them, is kind of like ruining because they don't cut the silhouette. And like, because Rachel's outfit looks, Rachel's outfit is going to, I'm going to use it as an example because it's an entirely red jumpsuit with a red jacket on top and then the white X Factor logo on the shoulder pad. And I feel like if there was just like another color to like cut that, it would look beautiful. It's just like it feels. Um, right, too one color, too one dimensional. Yeah. That, that's just my quality with that. I personally love it. Like, I like, what's his name, Link? Um, Prodigy. He looks like his outfit looks like something off of Project Runway. And well, I'm you just see, like, but that's because he's got different color tones working together. Yeah. I love, I like, I think, I think Dakin's hot. I oh, think, God, yes. um, I think, uh, I like, and oh, and we found it, and it confirmed that, um, uh, North Star Sister is going to be on the team Aurora. Aurora. Which is another, which is another uh, her personality disorder. So that's great. It's uh, great to have, like, um, characters with mental disorders, you know, have representation, uh, and yeah. she's, and she's, and like that's fantastic. And all that outfit looks so cool. Like, I, cape. I'm sorry, I, I love that cape. Yes. Oh, um, does I she know, not I, look I, like Ray? She looks like Ray. Look like she kind of looks like Ray. Um, we got some, we got some other, uh, we got some other news. Hold on, I have, I have it all saved into like a little, like a picture. Um. We yeah, had a folder. first preview of Helion's yeah. and Nanny's yes. and she looks yeah, hot. We, <laughs> yes, she does. She does. We got um, and we and we got to see guess. and we got to see <laughs> we got to see Angel for the first time in Dawn of X, which is interesting. Yes, and Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler. Yeah. Also, we got um, <laughs> my boy. Yeah. yeah. We got uh, the X Men Eleven cover, which the teaser basically says um, the plants are killing the children, which yeah. is interesting. And it's and it has um, and it has Magneto being tied up by vines for some reason, which is it's I guess that can form. be some- exactly. It can be someone's kink somewhere. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and we don't know is this going to be an Empire tie-in because we know um, the Kwati. Yeah, yeah, we do know. Uh, April is going to be an Empire tie-in for X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we got we did also get some really good previews. We got preview we're, oh, we got previews for New Mutants, which had basically a Sunspot like Deadpool esque narration where he broke um where he broke the fourth wall and talking to the audience, which was really funny. And he basically he found out that there was a new mutants arc that did not involve him, and he was very unhappy about it, <laughs> which was really fun. Um, By the way, real fast, I was uh-huh. reading Fallen Angels. Uh-huh. Uh, I just randomly started it, like the old school Fallen Angels, and uh-huh. he does that stuff in Fallen Angels too, like the like kind of like the fourth wall breaking narration throughout that story too. I was like, "Oh, this is a callback to Fallen Angels." Okay, and then um, that's it's great. I I haven't read Fallen Angels, but the Fallen Angels, I should because I want to find out who Bill the Lobster is, and he seems like a cool character. Crazy, it's fun. Um, then next we got uh Marauders, which we find out that they find Kitty's body, and it yeah. starts off with um Christian Frost and Emma Frost giving um mutant kids a tour of 
Krakoa and like of Mars. Each, yeah, Mars. And we see these weird like Krakoan automatons making medicine for them. And uh, a mutant child calls humans flat scans, which is a great callback to um, yeah, which is a great call. She's like, no, that's a mean word, but also yes. And um, you're right. <laughs> and she's like, but then we find out she gets really sad because they find Kitty's body. And the final, we got a super sized, like six page preview, like a, yeah, six page preview of Wolverine, where um, <clears throat> it looks like uh, Wolverine killed the rest of X Force. Um, I have a we feeling see- it might be a hallucination scene. Oh, I think probably, so. probably. Probably because. Because here, I've read a lot of Percy's other work. I've read his actual books, and like he he cops out in like the weirdest ways. So <laughs> it's gonna be like a really weird cop out. Like, and I'm not saying it's like the cop out is like it's a bad thing, but sometimes you use like that scene to build another like a better story. Like, it's fine to use a cliche to build another story, but like, I have a feeling like they're not actually dead, and they just or else they wouldn't have like showed it in the previews, you know? Yeah, and then Domino like been. Domino had to be reborn, and she's all get. That's like her whole arc is not wanting to be reborn yet to keep her scars. So that kind of goes and, against that. <laughs> and one thing, one thing I noticed on the uh, now that I'm looking at the preview again is that her body looks normal, and she doesn't have like the weird Krakoan arm thing. Oh. So this, it being a hallucination is a good idea, and also another reason I think it's a hallucination is because in one of the covers we see like the villains coming out like this weird cloud of red smoke. So it might be like a hallucinogenic gas, maybe. Isn't this might be a nightmare. Isn't Omega the villain for this? Who? Omega Red. Oh no, Omega Red's just gonna be one of the backups in the backup Ooh. story, which we also see a preview of. of um, we see uh, Wolverine going through Cohen, like talking about it, how it's like, yo, it's you know everybody's peaceful. He's like, no, it's like that's a test. We gotta keep you know. <laughs> We gotta keep, um, you know, going and making sure everything. You gotta be vigilant, and then it ends with him going to a portal and uh, Omega coming through and be like, "He's like, hey, um, he's like, I understand you guys are offering immunity." And Omega Red looks messed up. Like he does. Like, he looks. He got like, yeah, he got like blood all over him. He looks like his. He looks like his body's like breaking down as well, it happens. If you think about it. The Russians were the ones that were protecting the wall, the the gateway, so no one can go through. So I think he just killed a whole bunch of people just to get to that gateway. Oh, that's true. That is true. That's why Colossus had such a hard time there. Listen, I'm yeah. I, I'm excited that, that, for the oh. art in Wolverine. That looks amazing. Oh, it does. Yeah, the it art. Looks the art good. Is we got um. We got what's his name, uh, Adam Kubert, who's obviously a legend. The Kubert, the Kubert family is basically a, um, it's like a pedigree of comic artists. They have their own school in New Jersey. Oh, um, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, the the Kubert School of Art. It's a, it's a whole school in New Jersey. And then there's got um, Victor Bogdanovic, who I don't know personally, but I've I, I've seen his some of his art in um, Amazing Spider-Man, and he actually one of my favorite YouTubers who before they did YouTube. Um, they did a comic book and they did art and they got and Victor Bogdanovic was their art for it. And so apparently he's really good and like recommendation from people I actually like trust and opinions on comic books. And then a little bit of a bonus, uh, Donovan X 
previews is we have Marvel Voices, which is the uh, pet project of um, Angelique Roche, who does the Marvel Voices podcast, um, which is a really great podcast if you guys ever listen to it. I like that podcast. Yeah. And so we got two pages from the preview that mentioned Kakoa. We got one where it looks like um, Wolverine and he's in a suit. I think he's in his patch suit. And he's fighting people who, and this is set in Madripoor, and apparently the gates from Madripoor are blocked. And so it's him figuring it out, which is interesting because Madripoor was in Black Hat. So maybe this takes place maybe before, like, Black Hat happens. Oh, maybe. Because we see... We see Wolverine in his patch suit, and he's coming, and maybe, and he's coming down the stairway to Blackhead. So maybe this takes place beforehand. But another, another really interesting series is um, page is the uh, a race where it looks like there's an international science race uh, competition where they're all building like super tech cars, and they have to like each the other. Boy Scouts. Yeah, Boy or Scouts um, have to build someone them. mentioned someone on X Men Reddit mentioned Wacky Racers. Yes, wacky um, racers. I so, like this. Is- I don't know who to root for for because I know we're supposed to root for Krakoa, but mm-hmm. I mean it's Princess Shuri and I love her, and yeah. Forge is kind of not really likable to me. So <laughs> I'm like I don't know who to root for because I really want Shuri to beat a Forge, but then that mm-hmm. being Krakoa. I don't really want yeah. to go to the news. And, um, <laughs> I think it's like a fun for all. I don't think this is like a serious thing. I think this is what no. I'm here for. This is oh, a yeah, sporting it's not event. This is not yeah. um, Fantastic Four versus X Men. Oh, no, 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 yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Also, and, uh, one thing. Not tangentially related, but we also have the new British team coming out. I don't yeah, think it's oh, related yeah. to X Men, but it could be. It's, it's drawn by it's, the cover is drawn by Arby Silva, so I get like understanding like the connection. But um, well, one thing I do want to sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm keeping you up, but like it might relate back yeah. to our Captain Britain versus Kirkoa thing. Oh, that yeah. happened yeah. in like April. Yeah, that could actually happen. Sorry. Um, but okay. one thing, another thing I want to mention about the race uh, thing is that we see Prodigy in the background. That's yeah, cool, that's a tie-in back to X Factor. We um we see as someone who is a giant fan of Unstoppable Wasp and also friends with the writer of that series, we see Wasp is racing for America. I know, I love oh, that. I saw that. Yeah, I'm friends with Jeremy Whitley, so anytime Unstoppable Wasp shows up, I'm like, yeah, it's that character. I love that. And then another thing that's interesting about the series is that it's written and drawn by the creative team of Children of the Atom. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's by Ayala and Chang, and so my thought is we're probably going to see these characters as like spectators in this because I don't see how this isn't going to be a prelude to Children of the Atom. Right. I think it's too coincident. It's it would be too much of a coincidence for them not to. Right. And so, and so I think we're going to see them in somehow. We're going to see them in the background. I hope so, but like yeah. That's pretty much all the previews and news um, for the week. Is anybody? What's everybody's most excited book for next week? Wolverine. Um, what else is Wolverine? Out next week? I'm going blank. It's Wolverine and what else? Uh, Wolverine, New Mutants, and Marauders, and Marvel Voices. Marvel Voices, my most excited. Not even because of X Men, but because there's going to be like it looks like uh, Luciano Vecchio is writing and drawing like a superhero gay pride festival story yeah. in the book and that's going to be like 
and technically connected to X-Men because we see in, um, what's her name, uh, Karma is there in the background. So technically that is an X-Men book. Boom. Connected. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, yeah, I would say Marvel Voices and then Marauders because I really want to see, like, what they're going to do finding Kitty's body if she's really, really dead. I don't know how long she's been there. And how bloated they, the body is. Yeah, because, I mean, we obviously got that funeral cover. I'm sure you've all seen it. Um, yeah, that's coming out in May. But that's, that's not a out... Jewish funeral. She's yeah. Jewish. Yeah, but it's coming out in May, and right now it's February. So, <laughs> like, does she die again? Like, do they just wait to have a funeral? Like, it's it's really soon to be seeing that. So I'm really interested to see what they're gonna do with that. I'm I excited. Hope you can get oh, beat in Marauders. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Hopefully, but I love him at the same time, he probably <laughs> will. It's okay with a character like him. It's okay. It's the same. He's got that Emma factor. <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm excited for the new mutants because I want to go back to space. I want to. I want to see what they're going to. I'm really interested in the whole Shi'ar story. Like, I'm pretty sure this me, is. It's really interesting. I'm pretty sure this is the final arc, the final issue of that right. arc, and it's exactly going to go. And it's going to go straight up to just Ed Brisson the entire time now. Right. Pretty, so, like, this will definitely, we'll definitely see. I think, I think Sunspot's staying in space. Like, I right. we don't see, we don't see Sunspot on any of the covers for New Mutants coming up. Right. So, but I by think the way, in space. is that why none of the these X books now have a reading order? Because now they're just kind of like following their own path. Yeah, I noticed that too. I'm guessing that's what I'm guessing because it's like they're going to be adding so many books. They don't want to have to deal with like because they'd have to be making like like three different reading orders a month. Right. Yeah. And, and so, also, like, I, I guess yeah, because they're pushing back dates, so I guess they, they couldn't adjust those in the cover. So that's true. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember there was an issue with the with the printing of the um the dates and the reading order in like last month. I was like, right. oh, this is weird. But um, yeah. So that's about it. that's about it for this week. Um, this was great. This was a great week. I mean, I'm I'm hyped. We'll see what happens next week. And um, who the uh, who, who wants to sign off? I will. Um, please don't burn down Krakoa just yet. But uh, thank you. We want to keep this podcast our... going. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for coming to our habitat. Let's keep it around. I'm Elna. I'll be on Worthington on Twitter, and MN Worthington on Tumblr. I'm Fox. You can find me at Agent777 on Twitter. I'm Rodders. You can find me at Rod Bunny Slay on Twitter. And I'm Juan. You can catch me at ChangoATX on all the socials. All right, everybody. Good, good show. Woo! Thanks for coming to our habitat. <laughs> <laughs>